LT, my friend, it's almost upon us. The last ever wellness summit in Melbourne. The last one ever? Well, definitely the last one for at least two years, LT. That's right, this year's Wellness Summit will be the last one for the foreseeable future in Melbourne. It will be the biggest, the greatest, the most inspiring, the most empowering summit that you've ever seen. The last one in Melbourne? That's right, LT. That's ridiculous. I can't believe my ears, but I guess if that's the case, then let's go to thewellnesssummit.com if you want to enter the code FINALMELBOURNE16. That's FINALMELBOURNE16 to get $100 off your regular price tickets. You get to enjoy two days of food, movement, and mindset on September 10th and 11th at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Center. Hey, LT, did we say it's the last one? It's the last one in Melbourne. Oh, good. All right. I'm glad we told them. Hey, go to www.thewellnesssummit.com. Enter those codes. Save some money. See you at the summit. Thewellnesscouch.com. Streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to A Quirky Journey, the healthy family podcast with your hosts, Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab. Hi, everyone, and welcome to A Quirky Journey. So uh, today, uh, it's just myself uh, who will be doing the podcast without Joe, but I've got an amazing guest for you. And I'll give you a bit of background about how this podcast came to be. Um, I came up to Pacific Palms, which is uh, three and a half or so hours north of Sydney, and um, I had the intention to finish writing all the recipes for life-changing food. And uh, I was staying at this beautiful rammed earth studio uh, in Pacific Palms. And um, I got to meet the owner, Megan Cook, who is uh, with me today to talk about permaculture uh, in general. And also to tell us a bit about her really fascinating story of how she came to live in this part of the world and uh, the amazing world that she does live in. So, hi Megan, how are you doing? Hi, good, thanks. Thanks for having me in your studio. I've loved it here. Yeah, it's been great meeting you. <laughs> yeah, nice. So, um, Megan, um, I don't want to get into your story myself too much. I would love you to tell, but I'll just uh, have a bit of a background. So, I'm staying in this uh, rammed earth studio, as I mentioned, which is a, a thing that I actually haven't stayed at before. Like It's a structure that I haven't um, stayed at before, but I was really attracted to it because uh, it felt like a very organic place to be living in. And because I'm writing a Whole Foods book, it felt really appropriate for me to actually be here and uh, in this kind of environment. And when I came, it was such a lovely place to be like it felt really special. It's still, it's still like my sleep has been amazing. Um, the the whole energy of the place feels fantastic. So can you give us a bit of a background about this place, what it is, what is rammed earth uh, construction, and uh, why you do it, and uh, then we can move on to your uh, story with permaculture. <laughs> well, we we moved out of Sydney about ten years ago, and we really wanted to build our dream home. Uh, surrounded by permaculture gardens, so organic, you know, producing our own food. And uh, so my husband, you know, was inspired by building these uh, rammed earth walls and the light earth. Um, We tested out some materials and, you know, moved our way up the hill Mm -hmm. when we were building. Um, It's been an amazing journey and... um, yeah. So what is rammed earth? Yeah, so rammed earth is actually, it's an ancient sort of construction technique. Uh, it's been used for thousands of years. But basically to build a rammed earth wall, it's a mixture of um, mud and cement and a few other things. 
Um, but basically you build a formwork, so on either side you pour the mix in and then they use a compressor to ram the earth. So okay. it's actually earth that's compressed. Okay. And uh, you can, it's quite a quick building material. Yeah. And uh, much more environmentally friendly than uh, using the modern building techniques, I would imagine. It is, yeah. yeah. So one of the attractions about having an earth home is that um, it holds a lot of energy in the walls, so um, a lot of heat and, you know, in the winter and coolness in the summer, so it moderates the temperature in the building. So yeah, it requires less uh, air conditioning. And that's that, uh, right, okay. so no air conditioning, yeah. just using ventilation uh, throughout the, the house. And uh, so this has been your home for how long now? Uh, well, we started uh, 10 years ago, so, you know, in a little caravan and now we've, you could pretty much say we've been living in the house for about five years. Awesome. And um, the garden that you have here is uh, a garden that's built around permaculture principles and uh, you're on the board of Permaculture, uh, permaculture Australia. Yes. Um, so, um, I really, when I started talking to you about permaculture, um, I felt this was a topic that we haven't actually covered in the podcast and it would be really interesting for our listeners because it does go hand in hand with the whole food movement. And uh, it's very important that uh, these types of movements really uh, find the common ground that they have and uh, we should be supporting each other and talking to each other. And I thought that it would be a great opportunity to talk about the principles of permaculture and have your view about it and uh, how it's influenced your life and... Uh, so maybe you can uh, give us a little bit of a background about how you got interested in permaculture and what it is in a broad sense and then we'll delve into the principles that stand behind permaculture yeah okay well uh, I was actually um, working as a gardener in Sydney mowing lawns and um, somebody handed me the permaculture one book which is written by Bill Mollison uh, who's the co-founder of permaculture so Bill Mollison and David Holmgren developed this idea together in the 1970s um, and when you know as a horticulturalist um, you know having that knowledge and a lot of you know spraying with chemicals and that sort of thing that you're taught then by handing me this book this introduced me and opened me up to a whole new world of you know that there is another way to grow food without using chemicals and in a more of a holistic sort of sense. Great. So, so what, what is it exactly, yeah. permaculture? Well, permaculture, the word actually stands for permanent agriculture. So as opposed to growing things in a monoculture system where you might just have one species, let's just take, for example, a, a football field full of broccoli, and that's how most of our common food is grown uh, that we you know buy from the supermarket so rather than doing that sort of thing on such a large scale in a permanent agricultural system we pretty much um, use a diversity of species we use animals um, it could be worm farms but different ways to sort of add nutrients into the system and um, to produce a high quality of food uh, that's full of nutrients and to, to nourish, you know, the people and also looking at the earth, um, yeah, caring for the earth through that process. So really the, the three core ethics of permaculture are earth care, people care and fair share. So, 
looking at those in the broader sense um, and all of those, how all of those interact with each other. All right. So um, to sort of focus on that point of difference between monoculture and permaculture, um, what, what's the drawback of growing a whole uh, football field of broccoli? What's the problem with that? It seems like it would be less work, that you know the crop would be more predictable. What's the problem in actually having it? Yeah, so the problem with growing just one single variety of, of um, a crop is that that's not a, not a system anywhere replicated in nature. And by growing a single monoculture, then basically the insects and pests and diseases are all concentrated um, onto that crop and then it requires a lot of um, human intervention, you know, through machinery, through equipment, through um, spraying chemicals to control things like white cabbage butterflies to kill off the caterpillars that they lay. So there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of high um, labour involved in a system like that. Um, and a lot of high energy. So one of the things that we look at in uh, permaculture is to um, basically store and catch the energy and, um, and to sort of use low inputs uh, for a higher output of, of a yield, say, in a crop or a, a food system. So. So, so how would planting more than one culture yeah. of food, like, how, how would that help? in any way yeah okay so planting a diversity of species so different plants mixing them up say let's just take it on a home garden scale for example um you know rather than planting just a whole row of um broccoli um in you know permaculture we use like companion planting techniques so planting lots of different flowers and different plants together that actually confuse the pests and insects um so that there's yeah the the plants are actually working together in a system that's holistic uh to try and you know not have the use or the need for spraying chemicals we're we're doing we call it an integrated pest management system in that sort of sense so um yeah when you get to the finer details that's what we're trying to do replicate the systems that we'd find in nature like say for example in a in a forest um, you look at a forest system where there's plants, you know, there's canopy plants, there's ground covers, there's, you know, little shrubs. So in, in permaculture, we actually create a food forest which replicates that forest system, but we're using food plants to, to produce food in that system. And um, how large scale can this get? Like, can this feed the world? Well, I believe that it can feed the world, definitely. I mean, some people think that GM crops are the answer to, you know, food security throughout the world. But in permaculture, we believe that um, lots of small-scale farmers um, could have a diverse range of crops and animals, um, which, you know, is actually at the same time as feeding the world, it's actually replenishing and rejuvenating the landscape. Rather than a monocultural system which is actually degrading the landscape and, and there's a large need in that sort of a monoculture system to keep, you know, spending lots of money putting superphosphate and, and uh, nutrients back into the soil. But the so you don't need to do that with uh, permaculture? No. So in a permaculture system what we do is we use um, the nutrients that are being um, produced from the system. So, for example, at our, um, you know, house here and 
Uh, we, we actually have chickens. So basically we eat the food, the food scraps go to the chickens. The chickens, you know, eat that. That gives us really good eggs, um, nice green, uh, yellow yolks yeah, <laughs> that you enjoyed this morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and then they work that, those scraps back into the soil as they do their droppings and add that manure in. Um, we add a bit of straw on top and then around about six months later, we're actually created our own soil to then put back onto the garden to grow our own vegetables. So, on a home scale sort of level, that's what a permaculture system looks like. So, with uh, monoculture, then what what happens to the nutrients? Like, would, how would they go back into the soil? So, yeah, in a system like that, basically you may pull out your crop of broccoli. They'll then send in the big, you know, machinery to um, plow up the soil. Which, again, in a in a permaculture system, we don't want to ruin the structure of the soil. We want to keep that integrity in the soil. So. Uh, yeah, so then they come along, plough the soil, and then add a lot of fertilisers to that soil. They'll sometimes say if you're growing a football field full of strawberries, they have to fumigate the soil to kill off any fungus in the soil that will then, you know, get onto that crop of strawberries. So sounds really healthy. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not. A, and then we end up eating that in our food. If you grow, you know, if you buy food from the supermarket in yeah. a conventionally grown sense then it ends up in our stomach and it's really not good for our, our gut health and, and our system. So you briefly mentioned the uh, three ethics. Is that what you call them of uh, permaculture? Yeah, that's right. So as I was saying, the three main ethics are care of earth, care of people and fair share. So looking after the earth um, in ways we're looking after natural forest systems um, rather than, you know, degrading the land by removing those forests, the forests play a part in um, caring for the soils and holding the moisture in the earth. So, um, you know, part of that is to rebuild our natural capital rather than seeing, uh, you know, taking out rainforests, which is sadly happening all around yeah. the world. Um, so looking at, yeah, storing, you know, energy and nutrients in a forest and looking at that, you know, as a as an economic system as well, and but you know where we get medicine out of forests and, and things like that. So, um, care of people is about nurturing yourself, you know, communities um, by nurturing the land. We can then feed ourselves, you know, good food and eat, um, yeah, nourish ourselves. Um, and then it's the fair share ethic or redistribu- redistributing the surplus is um, all about setting limits to consumption and reproduction. So, What does that mean? So setting limits to our consumption. Um, I guess in this day and age, we all like to consume, uh, you know, lots of products every day. Mm-hmm. We're all consumers. Yeah. So I guess setting limits to the amount of stuff that we need or want, you know, is... Uh, so that's a self-imposed limit that you... That is, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we all need stuff, but yeah. how much stuff do we need to live yes. our daily lives? Yeah. So So this limit is um, when it comes to food resources or resources in general? What's the Resources in general, okay. yeah. So, um, you know, I guess... When you've got something that's old, you know, try and repair it before you throw it in, into landfill, you know, things like that. Yeah. yeah. So a, a sustainable view of living that's rather than it. one that's just about 
consumption. Yeah. And that goes back to that question I asked you about like feeding the world because we know a massive amount of food gets wasted. That's like, right. There's a lot of food that we do produce on these large agricultural systems that just we don't even eat. And we also then we say, how will we feed the world if we use permaculture or something like that? And you go, well, let's start by reducing food waste That's to start right. off with. Yes. So this is yeah, an interesting... Yeah. That's it. So one of the permaculture principles, and there's 12 of them, but one of them is actually produce no waste. Right. So, you know, when we look at that in a sense of exactly what you just mentioned, it's... Um, we're producing all this food every day, you know, people bring that food home into their fridges and then at the end of the week, you know, some of that fr- food that's produced just gets thrown out. Yes. So, you know, if we can buy less, buy smarter and not waste that food or, you know, better off even growing your own veggies out the back if you, you can do that. But if, if you don't have that time in your lifestyle, you can go and support your local farmers, your farmers markets and and things like that so that people are actually eating local food that's grown in a you know a, an organic sort of system i have to say when, when i came here there's a like a little bucket for the compost and the, the chooks and um throughout my stay i've been doing some cooking and uh, i've uh, really realized how much of the rubbish that i usually throw out can go into a compost bin because Hardly anything. If you check my rubbish, yeah. there's hardly anything in there. Absolutely. And most of it has gone in to go back into the soil and yeah. feed the chooks and things like that. Yeah. And it was really surprising for me to actually realize how much, like, to actually see it in person. It makes me feel like I should have <laughs> some chooks in the backyard yeah. as well. But, well, um, yeah, so this has just been a, a, a revelation for me just to actually, like, just from that, just even looking at how much uh, things we will throw out mm. Could go back as an input into the soil around us. That's right. Yeah. So by producing no waste, the other thing in permaculture is that we see waste as a resource. Right. So you know, by when I see people throwing out fruit, fruit and veggie scraps into the bin, it makes me go ah, yeah. because I just think I've been guilty of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and everyone is, yeah. you know, and that's fine, and that's yeah. part of the journey. It's like yeah. it's just about educating. I'm getting people. a compost thing yeah. like as soon as I get home. Yeah. Yeah. It's just super, like just amazing, yeah. like uh, how much less rubbish you produce. Like, That's it's it. amazing. Yeah, and yeah. the other thing about that is actually by throwing your food scraps into the bin, when that goes into landfill, it actually creates methane gas, right. which then goes into the because, atmosphere. Yeah. And, you know, it's... it's Greenhouse gas. Exactly. It adds to that that problem instead of... So in in permaculture, we actually say that we, we don't look at the problems, we see the solutions. So there's solutions all around us, you know, for example, producing, you know, less waste. Yes. Um, We can all be doing that. Even if you don't want to have a compost bin, there's Bakashi buckets, which is a little, you know, bucket that you put on your bench top and you have like a probiotic sort of thing that helps to break down that matter, which you can then add onto your garden as a fertilizer. Or there could be a worm farm. If you've got a balcony garden and you live in the city, then you put your worm farm out on your balcony. So there are many options. There's really like the one of the things, it's like a limiting belief that I had. It's like I'm renting and I'll start really looking into these things when I move into my own place or something like that. Yeah. And um, by the looks of it, I, 
you know, it's simpler than I think. I'm so, sort of overcomplicating this idea. There yeah. are solutions out there for people who have, who even live in high-rise apartment blocks and things like that. Yeah. So, um, when, like, is there resources around that that people can look into? Uh, yeah, like on, that's, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of resources. So I lived, I was renting in Noosa for a couple of years, and I had a, a very productive balcony garden. I grew all my own tomatoes, cucumbers, mm. had my worm farm would give away the surplus to my neighbours and friends. So, you know, a system, you could probably just get some old black plastic pots that people are throwing out at rubbish, you know, collection time, buy some good quality potting mix um, and then, you know, start your own veggie garden probably for like $50. Right. Buy a few seedlings, raise your own seeds, you know, depends on what level you're at and, you know, what your budget is. But you could start with $50. Fantastic. Like, so, yeah. yeah. It's much simpler than it is. we think it is. Yeah. <laughs> and it was quite rewarding, like, seeing that kind of uh, <laughs> the bucket building up. Yeah. And I'm looking in the bin, there's nothing in the bin. It was fantastic. Yeah. So, you mentioned the 12 principles that, um, and we talked about uh, producing no waste. Yeah. Can we go through uh, the others just to sort yeah. of talk about e- each one individually? and Sure. Uh, Touch on those. Yeah, so the first one is observe observe and interact. So it says beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Um, and these, these principles come out of a book. It's called Principles and Pathways Beyond Sustainability, which is a David Holmgren book. Um, and, yeah, so observe and interact is all about really, you know, say if you it, buy... It, it doesn't really have to just necessarily... Uh, have to do with a garden it's just in life in general so we can use these principles in our business in our schools in our communities or in our gardens Um, but one of the things that we've done on our block of land is that when we first moved here we observed the seasons and where the sun hit in the morning you know in the afternoon in winter in summer and then you interact with that information that you've gathered and then you can act on that um, that might be from pest control to mm. observing water flows on the land. So it gives you more localized awareness of, of yeah. your environment. Yeah. And then you can make better decisions about how to actually run things. That's right. Yeah. So the next one is catch and store energy. So making hay while the sun shines. <laughs> yeah. So you Literally. would have. Yeah. <laughs> you would have yeah. noticed on the the roof of our house we've got a well about. 12 solar panels it's a 2.9 kilowatt system Um, we set that up you know about six years ago and we now get a thousand dollars a year back from the electricity company so we no longer pay bills so over a period of time we were you know hoping that we'll pay back our solar the, the money that we invested originally but the price of solar back then and now has come down so much that the same system now would be a lot less money. Yeah, so it's more affordable. In. It's now more for people, affordable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and the, yeah. you know, in Australia, there's no. Yeah, you have to have solar. You know, exactly. there's so much sun. Yeah, people should be doing it. That's it. So the next one is obtain a yield. You can't work on an empty stomach. Right. So <laughs> there's pretty much no yeah. point in doing all Altruism. this work yeah. if you're not yeah. obtaining a yield. So we want to have our systems producing a lot of food for the amount of energy and time that we're putting into that. Um, so that could be obtaining a yield, it could be fermenting, um, bottling, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yes. It's ca- the, another one is catch and store energy. So yeah. 
we're looking at catching and storing energy. And the that sun be, energy from yeah. in the plants. It can yeah. be the sun energy. Yeah. It could be um, letting our plants go to seed and collecting the seeds. Right. We're storing energy in yeah. that seed. Okay. So you've been doing that here? You store yeah. the seeds from season to You don't go to Monsanto and buy the seeds <laughs> <this> year? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. um, so what we do in a permaculture system is that we want to save our own seeds or if we you know, can't save enough seeds, if we have a large garden or a large system, we may just buy seeds from a local producer, um, but somebody who has open pollinated varieties of seed. Um, you know, so, yeah, it's very different to GM, GM seeds. 100%. Yeah. Like you, definitely, you come into the property here and you'll sense the, the difference in the way this agriculture works. I mean, it's not, you don't even have fields here. It's uh, like raised garden beds, communities of plants that are that you know seem to be working together. The the bees are flying, pollinating everywhere. It just looks very very different as a landscape to what we're used to thinking as agriculture. Yes. And uh, but it seems so healthy as well, and uh, it's just all green and flourishing, and all the plants are growing together, and um, so it's just wonderful to witness. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So. The next uh, principle is apply self-regulation and accept feedback. So it says the sins of our fathers are visited on the children until the seventh generation. Right. So yeah. <laughs> you think about yeah. that, you know, what we do today, if we're cut down, cutting down all the rainforests, then our children won't live to see these beautiful places in yeah. nature. Yeah. You know, the Great Barrier Reef is a, a good example of a current issue that's happening mm. right now. You know, if we, if we let that become, a, you know, a field for large corporations to get the, you know, what they need, the oil or whatever they're trying to mine out of there, it will never be a natural asset to the rest of our, you know, future generations. Yeah, this is the same attitude that goes into monocultures is what goes into the mining industry and uh, they don't have that attitude of uh, sustainability. It's all about taking without putting things back and looking after and like being custodians of the land yeah. rather than... Uh, just, it's all about taking and, and yeah. this is a, it's one of the scary things that we, we're facing now. It really is one of the world's biggest problems, the way that we deal with agriculture and mining. You know, to me, they're one and the same issue, really, like yeah. the way that we're dealing with it. And it's nice to see that this kind of way of living is becoming more and more mainstream and entering pe people's worldview. So you do permaculture uh, uh, lessons here. You teach people about this. Yeah, so we run a variety of different classes um, for the locals, a weekly class, but we also run monthly classes from people, you know, travelling from Sydney and distances. Um, so we all of our workshops focus on teaching people about growing edible gardens and sustainable uh, living. How have you found the interest in the topic over the past few years? Is it going up? Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, more and more people are questioning, you know, their lifestyles, um, their health, and I think more and more people are turning back towards sort of the land and, and looking at, you know, at least just growing a few herbs for themselves, right. if not more of their own food. Um, a lot of people that are moving to this area uh, in Pacific Palms are actually moving out of places like Sydney and Newcastle because of the price of real estate is climbing so high um, that people can't afford to live in those places anymore. So they're looking, you know, they're moving up here, buying land, 
and then really needing to learn these sort of skills to look after it to yeah. Look, yeah. yeah and um so with the classes you teach them these principles that we're talking about and yeah so can you give me more of an idea of what happens because yeah. well, i'd really love um for more people to learn about this and i would love the listeners to support you if they're in the area to come and uh, do one of your cooking, uh, sorry, your permaculture classes. You also do cooking classes and things like yeah. that here. But yeah. um, just give, give me a bit more in depth of what happens in the classes and what people would expect when they come here. To yeah, actually. sure. So um, in our one-day classes, it's an A to Z of growing veggies at home. Okay. Um, we teach um, people about. We, we do a combination of hands-on learning and a little bit of theory, but it's a very hands-on subject and that's how I like people to experience that. Um, so what we teach them is all about how to create soil from scratch, creating healthy soils. So that could be through building a no-dig garden um, and, and making a compost heap. So that's the foundation of all good healthy gardens is having healthy soil. You know, healthy soil equals healthy plants equals healthy people. Right. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Um, it's so simple when you say it. That's it, that's it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> but so, you're saying we shouldn't be growing things in you know, <laughs> alien in environments, you know, in uh, plastic pots and uh, greenhouses being sprayed with uh, pesticides. That's right, yeah. Our body yeah. can't yeah. digest, you know, GM seeds. Right. Our body can't digest the chemicals that are pumped into normal right. food. So. Yeah. You know, we're getting uh, sicker and sicker, I guess. So, yeah, let's move back towards, like, growing healthy food that people grew in the early part of the century, you know. Yeah. When you go to somewhere like Italy, they, you know, my friend was saying the other day that she went there and she's going, oh, is this organic, you know? And they're like, what's organic? What? what, what? And she's like, oh, you know, do you spray chemicals on this food? And they're like, why would you spray chemicals on your food? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, you yeah. know, it's a stupid yes. thing that we're doing. Yes. Why would you spray yes. chemicals? Well, that's one of the craziest things. Is it's poison. It is. I mean, like, it's that's what we're spraying. We're spraying yeah. poison. Yeah. And we, like, we just don't use that word for it. Yeah. But chemicals, we call it pesticide. Yeah. But it's a poison. Yeah. And, you know, like, and it's on our food. It's on That's the right. thing that we actually put in our mouth. Yeah. So there's pesticides, insecticides, and fungicide. Yeah. And the last part of the word side, I think it means death. Yeah. So when you think about it that way, it's not something it's that you... suicide. Yeah, you don't want to eat it, you know? Yeah. That's, That's crazy. A hom- a homicide. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, with the classes, so the, you, yeah. you'll be doing the nodded gardening, yeah, the composting, the That's right. soil health. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we after you know I teach about the soils, then we look at what plants to plant together in a system that works. So looking at companion plants, planting, um, you know, and ways that we can you know uh, do integrated pest management. So plant things next to other plants. You know, you might plant your beans next to your corn one gives nitrogen to the soil you know and then the corn grows up and the beans can be supported by the corn instead of putting up you know trellises and lattice and things like that Um, so the other thing is we're running a two-week course in november it's a permaculture design course which is what i did when i got um, interested in doing permaculture um, I did my course about 10 years ago and that it's a two-week course where you um, it's an intensive course uh, and you basically learn the fundamentals of, of designing a permaculture system uh, and you come out of it and you're the way that you went into the course thinking about the world and things 
is completely changed by the end of the course. Wow. So, you know, what I've learned in permaculture using the principles in my daily life is that it's all about really changing your mindset and, um, and working with the principles to, you know, create sustainable lives, which, you know, we can all implement in our day-to-day Wonderful. lives. Yeah. So that's coming up in November? Yeah, so yeah. from um, the 19th of November till the 1st of de- December this year. All right. Yeah. And we're... many places for people to stay around here? Is there... Yeah, well, there's some awesome places. As you would have noticed, we're surrounded by beach and yeah, beaches and it is lakes. amazing here. Wonderful. Yeah. And a beautiful studio where I'm staying at as well which is attached to the main house, right next to the gardens themselves. So I think if you're going to come in, book in early so you can snag the studio (laughs) as well. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so students will be staying at the uh, local uh, caravan park where it's just just over the road from the beach. Yeah, Yeah, so... Yeah. Great. Okay. So let's keep going yeah, with, the, with sure. the principles. I'm, so, I'm fascinated. Yeah, we got up to um, use and value, uh, use and value mm. renewable resources and services. So let nature take its course. So by you know using um, nature's natural resources and actually valuing them, um, what we were talking about before, you know, valuing the products out of a rainforest and that sort of thing, where we're sort of um, you know, seeing the natural resources as nature's capital, you know. So what about uh, letting nature take its course? What's the, what is the principle there? Yeah, so letting nature take its course. I mean, you know, often in today's day and age, we want things done yesterday. Right. So <laughs> when we, we look at that principle, we're, you know, using the other principles, observing and interacting, but, you know, letting nature take its course. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, we've also we've touched on produce no waste Um, the other one the seventh uh, principle is design from patterns to details so we say there we can't see the wood for the trees Uh, designing from patterns to details is really about seeing the bigger picture first so the patterns in the landscape the patterns we take the patterns out of nature so you might Think about a, um, a fern unrolling in a, a spiral sort of pattern. Um, we use that pattern from nature and then we actually design that into our landscapes. Okay. So in permaculture, we might build something called a herb spiral, which takes that pattern of the spiral out of nature and we use it to create microclimates of growing herbs. Wow. So, yeah, we look wow. at nature yeah. for our inspiration to design yeah. our our landscape yeah it's very interesting because that like that's the golden mean isn't it the it's like the golden ratio that sort of uh, it's the the universal geometry so those shapes are um you know go all the way from like biological structures to the way that the galaxies are formed you can actually extrapolate the exact same mathematical formula will describe all these d- different designs and that's what you know makes people look for a unified theory uh, to sort of explain how the universe is working through like mathematical and mathematics and physics to sort of come to a place where they, it can all be explained through um, this this ratio or th- there are these mathematical um, ratios that appear everywhere that um, are just you can see it in biological structures let's say um, uh, sunflowers for instance mm-hmm. you look at them and you see how uh, the they radio. And then you'll see also the, the same thing in uh, the design of shells. So like a, a shell would, would sort of spiral in yeah. the same way. 
and uh, and and it goes all the way up to the galaxies and how how they are shaped as well. So yeah. you know, it's, uh, it makes sense to take these and sort of use them in organic design as well yeah. because that's sort of how nature expresses itself in those ratios as well. So that's right. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Right, cool. So I love that. I love that. But also, you know, looking at that, say, away from garden design, even it could be designing a business, designing your lifestyle. You know, if you look at designing it from patterns, so bigger picture stuff down to the details, you know. It's been a hard sort of uh, principle for me being a Virgo, actually. I really like the detailed stuff. So, you know, it's, it's, it's actually taught me to look at, stand back and look at the bigger mm. picture first rather than looking at something, you know, yeah, so small, the wonderful. details. Yeah. Um, so we say integrate rather than segregate. Many many hands make light work. So, you know, integrating um, systems rather than, you know, so we integrate the system rather than seeing it as separate sort of um, things as in the chickens, the composting, those sort of things, we actually like to integrate that to see it as a whole system. And we call it a whole systems um, thinking of design. So we, we're looking at the holistic system. Um, so use small and slow solutions. Again, this is one of my favourites. Uh, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Slow and steady wins the race. Um, yeah, just, you know... Just yeah. yeah. This is hand in hand with the the whole foods movement as well. It is. Of, like we see the fast food, that's sort of when we're trying to take these things and make them really quick and convenient. There's so much damage that happens on the other side when it comes to the environment or our health, and it's the same way with planting and looking after the land itself. That's right. Um, yeah. So it's it's one of those principles that seem to be fundamental to the human way of life but all of us are always in a rush to achieve yield or results and things like that so that's right it's uh, it makes sense to have this not only as a permaculture principle (laughs) but also as a life principle yeah yeah through building you know this house and these gardens um and this business uh you know i wanted it all done yesterday yeah i'm not like everyone else (laughs) in the world you know it's like you know hurrying my husband along to do these jobs <laughs> but then you know that this has taught me along the 10 years we've gone through and we've made lots of mistakes you know and, and we like to say that to fail is the first attempt in learning yes so absolutely. you know yeah. we've made lots of mistakes we've you know tried things as owner builders that didn't work and then we've moved you know on to the next phase and we haven't made those same mistakes so through that process where we can really teach people um, the right way to do things through the, the things that we've learned yeah. wrong. You know, that we've, we've Was it Edison who said he learned 5,000 ways of uh, um, making a light bulb that doesn't work or something like that? <laughs> like, how not to make a light yeah, bulb? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So um, use and value diversity. So don't put all your eggs in one basket. That can apply to so many things, but, you know, valuing diversity in the garden, valuing species diversity, plants, animals. Um, but also, you know, in a, in a business sense, in designing my business, there's the Airbnb, there's the workshops, there's, you know, having a chef in to do harvest lunches. So it's a diversity of different things that are, you know, events. We've seen what the, the reliance on potatoes in Ireland did, you know, when, when the pota- potato blight came and yeah. they had all their eggs in one basket. That's you know, right. And um, that was really ca- catastrophic. So 
that diversification, they use it even in financial systems now, people talk about diversifying their portfolios yeah. and things like that because they realize that an over-reliance on the one thing, you know, is going to be catastrophic if that thing fails. That's so, right. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Um, the ed- use edges and value the marginal. So don't think that you are on the right track just because it's a well-beaten path. Right. So we've yeah. kind of, you know, talked about that over the last couple of days, but... Um, you know, I guess being on the marginal and having different ideas to the mainstream is not an easy sort of task, but, no. you know, it's one that, as we talked about, it's quite necessary to forge change and to make changes. And, you know, at the moment, in a, in a world scale with climate change and things like that, we really need to use different uh, methods of thinking to actually uh, combat the, the problems that we're facing in the world. But, you know, permaculture gives us these solutions on a silver platter. They're already there and we just need to use them. Wonderful. We need to teach the world yeah. <laughs> how to use permaculture. So the last one uh, is creatively creatively use and respond to change. So vision is not seeing things as they are but as they will be. So having a vision is just, you know, we had this vision 10 years ago of, you know, building our dream home, uh, an earth home that was solar passive um, that used, you know, minimal water and, and um, you know, we designed our waste systems so that we could reuse things. So, yeah, it's having that vision and then, um, yeah, creatively responding to the changes, which, you know, change happens every day in our lives and it's how we actually view that change and creatively respond to that change to actually, you know, make solutions to move forward. This is... Um... A beautiful philosophy for life. I love it. Yeah. I think also what what we're seeing is people are starting to adopt this now. But one of the things that I'm trying in my own life is I only came to these realizations later in life. I I lived like everyone else and I wanted to get, you know, the same things everyone wanted, like a nicer car and a, a better home and all these things. And it wasn't until later in life that these things started becoming more important for me, like actually living more in harmony with life itself mm. and understanding myself better and being nicer to people and more sustainable in the way that I live. And, um, uh, you know, we are finding more and more people waking up to this kind of way of living, but what I, I'd really love to see is these being taught to uh, children as they grow yes. up. Because um, I think we want the change to happen fast mm. and we don't want this to be something that you have to live an alternative lifestyle to come across somehow you know it's so fundamental for people's well-being and the earth's well-being to actually be living according to these principles that we should be bringing our children up to know that these are the valuable things that these are the principles that life should be lived on uh, we don't have a school for life and um, you know as far as i've seen these types of uh, ethics and philosophies are very, very important to be taught to uh, growing individuals. So I'm, I'm hoping that more and more people will come across this and they will really understand the value behind these principles as yeah, well. Yeah, and the most yeah. exciting development recently is that the government has actually, um, well, well, within the TAFE system, they've recognised that permaculture, um, you know, is, is important to be taught through the TAFE system. So you can actually... Um, do anything from a certificate one to a diploma Wonderful. Um, you Wonderful. know in permaculture so there's many ways to enter at different levels um, you know you can do it in year 11 and 12 I believe they're even bringing it into schools um, but teaching it at, at 
preschool and, and primary school level is you know something that's uh, happening through even programs like the Stephanie Alexander Kitchen Garden Project, you know, so it is actually really becoming mainstream information that everyone, you know, is is uh, slowly catching on to, and That's it's fantastic. exciting. Yeah, it is absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. we definitely need the world to change because it's not really <laughs> heading in the right direction. We, yeah. we all know this. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, can you tell people how to find you? Yeah. So if um, anyone wants some more information, you can go to our website. It's www.gardentotable.com.au. So that's just gardentotable.com.au. Sweet. Come to the November uh, workshops <laughs> and uh, let Megan know that uh, we sent you there. <laughs> yeah. And. Um, Thanks, guys, for listening, Megan. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time and uh, telling us about this wonderful way of life and all the best for the future. Yeah, thank you for it. Awesome. It's been awesome to meet you. <laughs> this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.